You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, this is the last message in, in Destiny. It's uh, number six of the, the series that I, I did over the summer. And uh, I'm going to be talking about the new you today. The new you. The new me. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. I'm preaching again next Sunday because... Brother Mark Bureau was supposed to, but he couldn't do it, so I believe in the, the word of God that says be instant in season and out of season. So I'm ready. Praise the Lord. Father, I just ask that you would bless your word now to our hearts in Jesus' name. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, reading from the New Living Testament. Once you were dead because you were disobedient and your, many, and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we were united with Jesus Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and the kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So no, none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Praise the Lord. We have all seen the sign from time to time under new management. Sometimes when you see that sign, you think, well, if it's a restaurant, Maybe the food is better there now. Maybe they're going to have a different cook, you know, and you sort of get your hopes up. And then on the other hand, you might think, oh, I wonder if it's going to be better. But uh, 
with God, when you're under new management with God, when he's the manager of your life, it's a good thing. And that's what happens to every person who gives their life to Jesus Christ. The believer's life is under new management. It's not a question of what makes the difference. It's who makes the difference. Jesus makes a difference in all who come to him. We are helpless to change our own lives. But God makes the change in us. Every one of us that has invited Christ into our hearts have been changed. We're different men. Some of us, if we were in this building this morning in our old state, you would be able to sense the demonic presence just because we would be here. But God has changed our lives. Different people. Jesus makes a difference. The human heart, the Bible says, <clears throat> is most deceitful of all things, desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Only God, really. So, we always tell people, don't ever try to get your act together before you come to Christ. That's not the way to do it. You come just as you are. You can come drunk, you can come stoned. But come to Christ. I've seen people being led up the aisle, too drunk to be able to stand. Fifteen minutes later, they left with tears streaming down their face, as sober as anyone could be. That's the power in the blood of Jesus Christ. The truth is, without Christ, we're all sinners. We're lost, undone, separated from God by sin. It is Jesus who makes the difference in our lives. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Consider your life without Christ. Just think about what it was like. It was a wretched life, dead in trespasses and sin. Oh, we enjoyed the pleasures of sin. Anyone says there's not fun in serving the devil, don't know what they're talking about. There's fun, but it, don't, it only lasts for a season. The Bible says the pleasures of sin last for a season. And all of that fun pays wages. The wages of sin is death, spiritually dead, separated from God, no relationship with God, no fellowship, without a God consciousness not really conscious of God. You realize, you, under, you, you remember when you first gave your heart to the Lord, the first day you went back on the job after receiving Christ as your Savior? You didn't realize people swore so much, did you? You didn't realize 
all of the dirty jokes that they told in the run of a day. All of these things were going on, but you were dead to it. You didn't have any God consciousness. But now you're conscious of his presence living within you. Sin separates us from God and brings spiritual death. Physical death separates the spirit from the body. And so the body is just a shell. Once we die, the spirit leaves the body, and the body is just a shell. It's a house that you lived in. The spirit and soul has gone to be with God. But the spiritual death separates a soul and spirit from God. You have no communication with God. Isaiah 59, verse 2 says, Your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. You see, if we persist in sin, we want to pray to God and we want God to bless us. But the Bible says, God said it to, to, the, to the children of Israel in Isaiah chapter, five, chapter 59, verse 2. And guess what? God is no respecter of persons. He don't have one set of rules for back in, in 4,000 B.C. or 400 B.C. and a new set of rules for us today. The same Bible, the same Word of God, always stands. The Bible says it's, the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. God is not going to change it. And so, he told them that their sins had hidden his face from him. These were God's people, you see. They were under a different dispensation, but they were God's people. And they weren't obeying God. They were sinning against God. And God says, if you persist in sinning and not confessing your sins, I'm not going to hear you. I want God to hear me. When I pray, I want God to hear. So I'm going to keep short accounts with God. What a wretched condition to be in. Consider the change in a believer's life. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says, You lived in this world without God, without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him by the blood of Jesus. That's what makes the difference. The blood of Jesus makes the difference. Paul was a man under new management. A man in whom Jesus had made the difference. The old man, Saul of Tarsus, he had even had a different name. He was brutal and bloody. He hated the name of Jesus. He hated the people that served Jesus. He hated the Christians. 
and he was out to destroy them. The Bible, Paul gives an account in Acts how he was on the Damascus road, heading down to Damascus, going to kill every Christian or put them in prison that he could find, going to wipe out Christianity. But there he met Jesus, and his life was changed forever. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul goes on to say, There is, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He knew what he was talking about. He was speaking from experience. He was a changed man. The same man, now under new management, would write of the, God's grace and mercy. We have it written down in the epistles. We have been made alive in Christ. The unbeliever who once was dead was now being made alive in Christ. Why? Because of God's great love. When God's love is related to sinners, it becomes grace and mercy. Paul tells us that God is rich in mercy and love. And this makes it possible for a sinner to be saved. Because of this love, he has made us alive, spiritually alive in Christ. This spiritual resurrection is accomplished by the power of the Spirit using the Word. Jesus raised three people we have recorded in the Scripture from the dead. As, and uh, in each case, he spoke the Word. And this gave life. The word of God is alive. The writer in the Hebrews says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We have been saved. Born again, just like Jesus said. We have received the gift of salvation, made available to us by grace and received uh, uh, by us through faith. Since salvation is a gift, it cannot be earned or purchased. And this is what distinguishes Christianity from other religions. The word of God is clear. We're saved by grace. God saved you by his grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So we come just as we are. We ask Christ to be our Savior. We accept what he did as a full atonement for our sins. We have been recreated. We are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ. So Jesus, Christ Jesus, so we can do, we can do the good things that he planned for us to do. You see, 
We do good works because we're born again. Not to be born again. Amen? That makes a whole lot of difference. It is the change in my life that causes me to want to give, causes me to want to be a, a good neighbor, a good Christian, tithing, all of these things. When a person gets saved, he has been born again, a, a new creature in Christ, lost but found. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was bound by sin, but now I'm free. Once I was blind to the light of the gospel, to the teachings of God's word, pick up the Bible, couldn't understand the thing in it. But now God sheds light on his word. Once I was dead, spiritually dead, but now I'm alive. The old has become new. This results in good works, not to save you, but as a result of your new life in Christ. Good works are not the price of salvation, it's the proof of salvation. Amen? Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, Jesus said, Let your lights shine before men so that in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Because they'll look at you and they'll look at me. And they say, What a change in that man. What a change in that woman. I'm going to tell you, I could take you back to Newfoundland and introduce you to a lot of people. You get them alone, and you ask them about Hayward Eastman, and they'll say, what a change taken place. Never, ever thought in a million years that he would be a preacher of the gospel. But that's what God does to people. And God says that he's got a plan for you. The born-again Christian has a bright future. And part of our destiny is forming our lives, forming our lives right now as we go through life. You see, if we go God's way, we fit into his plan all along the way. We reach our destiny. But if we're not fitting into God's plan, if we're going our own way, God, God can't force you. God won't force you to do the things that you should do. And so a consequence of doing all of the wrong things leads you in the wrong place. But this is what God has done for us, made us new creatures in Christ Jesus, born again with a bright future. The devil reminds you of your past. He'll tell you that you can never live for God. He'll remind you of all of your sins. He'll tell you that you're not good enough. He'll tell you that, you know, so-and-so is so much better than you. But the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. He'll lie to you. Oh, yeah, the things that he reminds you of, the things that were in your past that he reminds you of, they're very true. But you see, that's all forgiven. That's the past is in the past. It's under the blood. 
not remembered against us anymore. Your past is forgiven. All of your previous sins are gone. Your destiny is planned by God. You have a glorious future. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Rejoice. I said rejoice because you, your future is brighter than the past. Amen? No matter what your past, if you've had a good past, your, your future is better than that. If you had a bad past, your future is better than that. Amen? Because God is controlling your life now. His grace is greater than all of our sin. His grace is sufficient for you. Whatever you're going through, Paul records, tells us that he had a thorn in his flesh. He never came out and said what it was. And, and theologians over the years have guessed on what it was. And some of them are so sure they know what it was. But you know something? Nobody knows what it was. And the reason that, that it is that way, I believe, is because God wants, to, wants you to realize that no matter what your weakness is, it may be, it may be a, 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 an addiction to something. It may be a, a, a sickness in your body. It may be a disability. But God says, whatever it is, my grace is sufficient for you. That's what he told Paul. Paul prayed about it and he said, Lord, I want you to take it away. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And oh, we see that over and over again. I, I was watching CNN last evening, and there was a young man, they showed a young man with one arm playing basketball. And uh, he is, you know, super, super at playing basketball. And they're expecting him to go to the big leagues. One arm, born with one arm, and yet... Look what he can do with God. Better than many of the ones that are playing with two arms. You see, God's grace is sufficient for you. God not only forgives sin, but he forgets. He says in Hebrews chapter 8, 12, I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. You don't have to be bound by sin. If you're here today and you've never asked Christ into your heart, you can, this can be a new day for you. You can be a new person within minutes, within seconds. You can be a new person today. And if you're, having, if you're a Christian and you're struggling with, with sin, with weakness and sin, or addictions, you can be set free from that. God's grace is sufficient for you. And the Bible says for every Christian, if we sin, and we're going to sin from time to time, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He said, I will forgive your wickedness and never again remember your sin. I pray that every one of you will realize the destiny that God has planned for you.
Here are some steps to ensure that you do. Confess your sins. Keep short accounts with God. Check it out. It's in the Bible. It's not just something that I made up. It's in the Bible. Check the Bible. Be baptized in water. It's in the Bible. Repent and be baptized, the Bible says. Amen? Don't be baptized and repent. That's putting the horse before the cart. You know, you know some people say, well, you know, like I've been baptized when I was a baby. My parents had me baptized. Well, that was nice. That was good. But that's not what the Bible is talking about. You've got to repent and be baptized. And I know, I know, from time to time, we, we, when we come in here, not everyone that makes this their church home believes that you need to be water baptized. I know that not everyone that's in this building, probably even this morning, believes that everyone has to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. I know that. I know that uh, people don't think that it's necessary to read the Word and pray. Don't think that it's so big a deal if you don't obey God's Word. But it doesn't matter what you believe. I can't just hold back and say, okay, I'm not going to say anything about this. I'm not going to say anything about tithing or I'm not going to say anything about baptism in water. I'm not going to say anything about the Holy Spirit because there's someone here that I know that really don't like that. I got to stand before God someday. And I've got the answer. In fact, the Bible is very clear that those who teach the word are going to be judged for what they teach. I'm not about to tell lies about God, something that I know is in the Word of God. So if you want, if you want to experience the fullness of God, confess your sins to Him, be baptized in water, be baptized in the Holy Spirit, read the Word of God and pray, and obey the Word of God. James warns us about about just being a hearer and not a doer. He says, be a doer. Don't only be a hearer of the word, but be a doer also. Give your time and your talent and your things to the Lord. Walk in love and joy and peace and freedom that Jesus gives. The Bible is our, our guide to truth. Jesus said, listen to this, John chapter 12, 48, Jesus is speaking. He said, there is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. You know, when we stand before God, I won't be able to say, well, my pastors, my Bible college professors didn't tell me about this. God will say, you had my word. You're not judged by what someone else told you. You're judged by the word, the word of God. So you can't place the blame on mom and dad, my pastor, my evangelist, my priest. You've got the word of God. You say, oh, but I don't have a Bible in your house. I bet you've got an iPhone or a Blackberry, or a computer, 
and you've got access to hundreds of Bibles. Every Bible that was ever printed is there. And if you don't know how to read, <laughs> I guess you've got to read to get the, on, the, on the Internet, but if you, can, if you don't know how to read very well, you can even go and they'll read it to you, word for word. You're without excuse. Every one of us. And one day we stand before God. And how we handle that word is what's going to judge us. Ask God to reveal his truth to you and he will. What a glorious future we have. What a tremendous inheritance. It can be great down here, but it's going to be better over there. Amen? Because we're not, we're not locked into, into this earth, are we? We're dependent on what's going to happen as the years, as the eons and eons of time goes by. In fact, that's a wrong statement because it's not going to be time as we know it now. It's eternity. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And what we do, how we adhere to the plan and the purpose that God has for us here and now will determine what will happen over the other side. There's, you know, there's a lot of teaching that can be done on this. And, but listen, don't ever fool yourself and think that everyone who just says a sinner's prayer, that everything that God has planned in eternity for you, you will have. A lot depends on what you do while you're serving God down here. Some people are, are prepared just to enter heaven. If I can only get into heaven by the skin of my teeth, you know, if I can just get in, that's all I care. I don't want to go to hell. I just want to get to heaven. Friends, the Bible says that eye hasn't seen and ear haven't heard and it hasn't even entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for us. We've got to prepare. There's something for us to do. Now that you're saved, now that you're serving God, serve him with all your heart and enjoy everything. Receive the full plan that God has for you. Would you stand with me, please? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the bright future that you've planned for us. Thank you, Lord, for our destiny here on this earth. Lord, for the career path that you have planned out for us. Help us to fit into those paths. Lord, for the, the, the helpmate that you've planned for us, help us to fit into that. Lord, the financial plan that you have for us, help us to fit into that. Father, as we look forward, when we step out of time into eternity, we realize that there's a beautiful plan still awaiting us.
help us to fit into that. Let your words sink into our hearts today. This has very, been very simple, very plain. So let it just sink into our hearts, O oh God. Let us hear what the Spirit desires for each individual to hear. I realize, Lord, that throughout this room right now, different people have heard different things. Some people have stopped at a certain point, and they're still there, and the message is over. But Lord, you ordains. Lord, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. And if there's one that do not know you as their Savior, I pray, Lord, that this would be the morning that they would give their life to you. This is something I'm endeavoring to do now from now on. We did it the last Sunday I preached. And there was somebody that gave their heart to the Lord that morning. She said after, she said, I'm so glad you did it that way. So because I really wanted to know Jesus as my Savior. Many people find it very difficult to come up. We're going to pray right where you are right now. And again, I want every Christian who knows Jesus as your Savior to pray along with me. And if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you want to receive him into your life, or you want to rededicate your life to Christ, maybe you've been on a slippery slope. Maybe you've been just living very loosely. You say, I, I, it's time for a change in my life. We're going to pray. And if you want Jesus to be your Lord, you want to rededicate your li life to Jesus, then you pray after us. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you. I'm a sinner. Your word says I'm a sinner. And I agree. I have sinned. Please forgive me. I receive Jesus into my life. I receive forgiveness from him. I believe that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses me from all sin. From now on, I will endeavor to live for you. Your word says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm calling now. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're born into the family of God. And the change is already starting to take place in your life. If you pray that prayer, would you let me know before you leave this, this morning? Because it's very important that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Tell somebody that you've given your heart to Jesus today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone here you need prayer today. Maybe you need healing for your body. Maybe you need a healing in your finances doesn't really matter what it is. Relationships, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. If you need help today,
We're ready to bring it to the Lord and agree with you. Have a great day in Jesus, and the Lord bless you real good. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.